0: The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand on Air. Hello and thanks very much for joining me for today's episode of Climate Matters. I'm Lindsay Wood, I'm the director of Climate Strategy Company Resin's Limited, and Climate Matters is brought to you by Fresh FM the top of the South's community access radio station. Fresh FM broadcasts in Blenheim on 88.9, to Eastern Golden Bay on 95.0, to the Nelson CBD on 107.2, and across the Nelson-Tasman region on 104.8. It's also streamed to the planet on freshfm.net, and podcasts of Climate Matters and also of other locally produced shows are available through freshfm.net, and through the NZ app. Well, today we're going back into the archives. We're going back into Climate Matters number 38. And that came out at the time that the Australian bushfires were rampaging in a horrendous fashion back in January 2020. So that's three years ago. And then here's what we're going to cover. The wisdom of indigenous people, although that's not immediately directed at the Australian situation. There is nothing stopping us except the lack of political decisions. And then a little bit of a paradoxical one, but before we get too smug, hurling rocks at Aussie Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Of course, he's not the Prime Minister anymore, but he was then and he was um, an out-and-out supporter of fossil fuels. And then if anyone doubts that we're straining the world's resources, we'll have a bit of a look at some unusual takes on that. So anyway, here we go on Climate Matters number 38, January 2020. And basically, the the thing that was rocking the world at that time were the bushfires sweeping Australia, some of the biggest bushfires ever known. Um, and the take we had on climate matters is how can we possibly do justice to these unfolding events from infernos to floods in other parts of the world such as Europe? Um, please accept this further focus on the plight of our Aussie neighbours and beam them our heartfelt support. Then we include a photo quite different, deceptive innocence I called it, this is innocuous. Picture is pretty well ground zero for sea level rise, and it was taken by a robot that NASA had launched underneath the ice shelf down a 600 meter hole in the Thwaites Glacier. The Thwaites Glacier is in the West Antarctic ice shelf region, which is one of the most the points of greatest concern. Um, and it's the the image was very it was almost like a grey with a little bit of light in it. But it's where ice is melted by warming seawater. And you can view that in just three minutes. I, if we can, we'll give you a link. I don't know whether it's still current. So anyway, uh, that was the editorial. Really uh, a heartfelt feeling for what's going on in Australia. Right. The wisdom of indigenous people. In the homeland of Kaikiyakatanga, I'm constantly reminded of the depth and value of indigenous knowledge. Whether it's the inspiration of Titawi, who's being good ancestors, that's an amazing document and strategy by the iwi of the top of the South Island, or whether it's the Inuit people enlightening enlightening scientists on the the ties between beavers and humpback whales. That was a fascinating story where the scientists didn't understand that they had to study the beavers to study whether the humpback whales were doing well, because the beavers Dams influence the flow of food down the rivers to feed the whales. Then there was also a case of Mexican villagers pointing engineers to the real source of groundwater in a study. And then a Ghanaian researcher I met at a conference in Hanover in Germany, and she was getting a a, on a she missed she couldn't get a flight down to her research site, so she got on a bus and sat for several hours on a bus with a um, a mother an ordinary uh, Ghanaian mother. And the researchers said she learned so much from the mother that she completely changed her research plans. So that's fascinating. And I think they all point to the need for us to keep our minds and our hearts wide open. And the Aussies are learning a terribly hard way that practicing Aboriginal cultural burning, as it was called, could have reduced much of the present fire calamity. I uh, will give a link to a BBC commentary on that where um they basically talked about the the burning in advance of the fire reaching an area so they could burn off the undergrowth so that when the fire reached it didn't have so much to consume i'm sure there's more to it than that i want to now just give a quite a long quote because it's from a very moving uh, account and it was totally focused on the plight of the australian bushfires i think they the, the, from memory Two and a half billion creatures died in those bushfires. And here's a quote, and it's from Gundula Rhodes, who's a New South Wales livestock vet. And she's on the BBC's The Food Chain program, we'll give a link to that, describing a friend's experience on the edge of the bushfire. A desperate wild koala came into her garden and she offered it a bowl of water It reached for her hand and held it for an hour. A wild animal. Mm -hmm. My friend apologized to it for what we have done. Staggering, isn't it? Carrying on from there, um, there is nothing stopping us except the lack of political decisions. That's a quotation taken from a um, one-minute quick check by the popular Aussie science commentator Dr. Carl on fires, climate, science and politics. There is a link to a Facebook page on that and you'll be able to watch Dr. Carl. But before we get too smug hurling rocks at Aussie Prime Minister Scott Morrison, you may recall that Morrison even um got the snubbing title coal fondler because he brought a block of coal into parliament one time to try and pretend it was very innocent. Anyway, we might recall that while Aussie is the world's biggest coal exporter, and therefore we can say, oh God, look at all those fossil fuels, about half of that is coking coal used to make steel. Who buys the steel? We do. We buy it in cars. We buy it for the roofs of our houses. We buy it to strengthen concrete and for making washing machines. So there's a trail back from us buying a fridge through factories in China to coal mines in Aussie to bushfires and burnt koalas. We must be part of the solution too. Try that again. We must be part of the solution too. Keep stuff longer, buy less, and let's not do smug. And this is perhaps the time to say that, as you may have heard, we're heading in to a major El Nino period. A major El Nino is likely to be associated with more bushfires. In fact, we know that Aussie has already got bushfires. They've started unseasonably early. So hopefully we won't see a repeat of the same, but I fear we will, just as we did in Canada and parts of Europe last summer, their summer. I have a very good friend who'd been to visit her mother in Canberra, and she came back and here was a her comment and she'd been in canberra from, for 10 days in smoke in the smoke-logged city it was smoke-logged from the bushfires i've been to the future and back it's really scary is what she said we want to think hard about that we mustn't think that somehow we're going to escape just as cyclone gabriel reminded us and if anyone doubts that we're straining the world's resources Listen to author Vince Beiser describing the sand mafia, running a black market in many countries, sand, running out. You've got to be kidding, right? And we'll give you some links. But for a bigger picture, check out lots of information on what they call planetary boundaries at the Stockholm Resilience Center, stockholmresilience.org. And they will. Ha- they are world leader in assessing the overall effect on planetary boundaries. And if we think the worst thing we've got to deal with is climate change, then have a look at biodiversity loss and have a look at the the nutrient situations with nitrogen and phosphorus. So w- the climate is only part of it, even though that's the focus of climate matters. Of course, now here's another article that I didn't mention in the intro. If we each spent two hundred dollars to halt climate change. Last December, ABC News, that's Australian Broadcasting Corporation, that's December 2019, reported a survey of 54,000 Australians. The number one thing keeping them up at night was climate change. That's not surprising when they have such vast bushfires. On average, they say they'd pay $200 a year to stop it. The price of a concert ticket seems pathetic to arrest an existential threat. But maybe after the horrendous escal- escalation of the fires, then the average dollars have gone up. In any event, collectively, that's $4 billion per annum for Aussies. The article explores lots of options on how to get a decent bang for that buck. So, you know, if we thought of 200 bucks per person in New Zealand... Well, that's over $1 billion. So anyway, um, we're getting to the end here. Um, I've run you through a little bit there on the uh, on the cost of tackling climate change. And really, the cost of a concert ticket seems nothing, doesn't it? Here's a hotter tip for a cooler planet. Think seriously about negotiating a four-day week. 20% less cost in traveling, 20% less emissions. And less congestion, less parking. Plus, a long weekend every week. There is a link there to fourdayweek dot com, and the, the places around the world are trying this. It comes out in different forms. The but commonly, it is people say you worked a forty hour week. It's working working four ten hour days and having three off instead of working um, five seven and a half hour or eight hour days. But then also, some businesses have even found that if you can work four days of just your eight hours, i.e. 32 hours, they still get as much productivity out of it as they do out of um, people working for five eight-hour days. So just have a wee think about that and see what you think. Maybe check it out, even if you're just curious. The Places that have tried it report very surprising results, and they're positive. So anyway, on that note, we have reached the end of going back into the archives and to Climate Matters number 38. I do hope we're not facing another season of bushfires like that. The signs are that we are. Let's hope not. Let's do what we can to avert that pattern. In the meantime, I do hope I enjoy your company again next week. And anyway, this is Lindsay Wood wishing you kia kaha for the climate.